Welcome to the Raising Successful Kids podcast. This is a podcast where we will discuss and explore how to raise children to be successful in all areas of their life. Irene Santanier is a working mum of an entrepreneurial child and shares a passion with her husband to see children succeed. And now, introducing your host, Irene Santanier. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Raising Successful Kids. Thank you for joining me on the podcast today. I'm very excited that I have somebody in front of me who um, I think I've known probably coming up for a couple of years and he has kind of changed our family life um, radically over the time we've known him. I'd like to welcome Julian Hall to the podcast. He's the CEO and founder of ultra education and if you don't know anything about ultra education google it have a look think about joining it or becoming a franchisee because it is an amazing organization so welcome to the podcast julian thank you for having me irene okay so would you like to explain a little bit about yourself and about ultra education to those people who i'm sure there's quite a few people who don't know anything about ultra and i i think everyone knows about it so i'm (laughs) always surprised when people don't know anything so sure over to you so name's julian hall and as you rightfully said i'm the founder of ultra education i am a serial entrepreneur which means that i get bored very easily we were talking (laughs) about that earlier on but actually it means that i like to solve problems Mm. And I like to solve problems doing things that I love. And it's taken me some time to work that out. Mm-hmm. But maybe five years ago or so, I had realised that there was a gap in, mm-hmm. not just in education, but socially there was a gap, mm-hmm. which meant that young people and kids weren't being fully prepared for today's world yeah. um, and for their own futures. Yeah. School system letting them down. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And in parallel to that, I had been quite fortunate in my own life to have entrepreneurship as a vehicle to help me navigate the challenges and opportunities Mm. that have been in front of me. Mm. And I've always been very thankful for that. And I wanted to ensure that the next generation, I wanted to contribute something to the next generation, being able to have the type of thinking that enables them to take real advantage of their skills, to develop the types of skills Mm -hmm. that they are going to need today and in the future, but to do it in a way that was enjoyable and to do it in a way that they felt motivated and to do it in a way which I think reflects the new day and time that we're in. Mm. You know, so I'm a big believer in, you know, moving with the times and being able to respond to change. Yeah. And things are very different now. Yeah, it's a different world out there now. Isn't it? Absolutely. And uh, I didn't see other organisations out there uh, doing a, a great job of keeping the learning up to date and, and also keeping kids engaged, you know. Mm. So often when kids kind of go off the rails in small ways or big ways, we uh, put it down to them just being bad kids yeah. when actually they're just not engaged with what we're providing them as adults, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. If what we were giving them as adults was engaging enough, then they'd be focused. They wouldn't be off doing the mm-hmm. stuff that we don't want them to do. Mm-hmm. So all of that, you know, you put all of that in a pot and, you know, I 
came up with this idea that actually, much like music, sports, languages, mm. kids at a very young age can pick up all of those things. Mm. So why not entrepreneurship? Okay. Why not a new way of thinking? Yeah. And by that time, you know, I'd had a, my daughter was kind of four or five years old and seemingly she was absorbing through osmosis mm. my traits and people were asking me if I was teaching her those things deliberately and I wasn't. No. When I used to have an office at home, she would be in the office playing and I'd be doing my thing yeah. and clearly she was picking up something. Yeah. So it made me realise that these things can be taught. If it can be picked up, mm. it can be taught deliberately. Mm. And the entrepreneurial community had been going back and forth for some time around this kind of idea of nature-nurture. Yeah, yeah. Um, are entrepreneurs born or made? Yeah. And actually, we realised that when you break down entrepreneurship, it's about being able to think critically, mm-hmm. resilience, leadership, communication skills, teamwork, and those things can be taught. So mm-hmm. therefore, entrepreneurship can be taught. But where does it come from? Where does it start, though? Because there is that idea that it, you have to have it. It's born in you. So... Surely there has to be something that keeps it going. Yeah, and I always come back to this, and it is doing what you love. So my first business was because I I loved clothes, right? So I loved clothes, but back then, if you wanted to look cool, you had to buy clothes that were imported from the States. If you wanted to look like, you know, the artists on the music videos, right? Yeah. You couldn't buy those clothes. You had to import them, cost a lot of money. Yeah. But my girlfriend at the time... She just graduated from the London College of Fashion and she could make the clothes that we saw on TV. But obviously, if there was a pair of jeans that I knew would cost over 100 quid, she could make them for 10. It's just fabric, right? And actually, not only that, but she could design her own. Mm. And so I saw an opportunity through my love of clothing. And, you know, I, I was watching a video with another business guy just recently and he was saying that one of the a secret to success that he's observed is consistency. So mm-hmm. he was saying, if you're consistent, mm-hmm. then you'll be successful. I almost kind of unpacked that a little bit and said, well, the reason why people aren't consistent is because they don't love what they're doing. If you love what you're doing, you're consistent. Yeah. Nobody has to tell people to watch the, the latest celebrity mm-hmm. TV show. I think it's Love Island love right Island, now, right? Yeah. I mean, I've never watched that. I don't know what's going on, <laughs> but I know it's big, right? Yeah. You don't have to tell people to watch Love Island, no. right? You don't have to tell people to watch football. You don't have to tell people to do the things that they love. Mm. So they're consistent at those things, yeah. right? All we do is suggest that you can actually make money doing what you love. Okay. Now, what people love, you know, it ebbs and flows, especially mm. if you're young, mm. which is fine. Mm. But if you attach that to some kind of financial outcome, Mm. then you've married the best of both worlds. Mm. And that's the kind of the baseline philosophy. Mm. That's really interesting. So you call yourself a serial entrepreneur. What exactly, apart from clothing, how many businesses have you actually started just? (laughs) It's funny, actually, because um, when I look back at it, I've actually forgotten how many businesses I've done. I've probably explored every type of business in every type of sector <laughs> honestly it's not even funny there was I was going through some old pictures uh, just recently and I came across a product that we had developed and sold and got imported from China and I'd completely forgotten about it right wow. and this was like must have been in the mid 90s or whatever and I'd completely forgotten about it so I reckon at least 15 different types of businesses mm. I've started and the majority failed okay. you know it's only when I started the digital agency that we ran in 2006 well actually we started it in 
maybe 2003, went full-time in 2006. That was the business that I loved. Mm. All of the other businesses I did before, I was only doing it because I wanted to make money. Yeah. So I was, you know, what they call an imposter, yeah. right? Um, it's only when I did the digital agency mm. that I realised I actually loved doing it, mm. right? And then that was the one that was successful up until this very day. Mm. I still consult on that kind of stuff. Mm. So when it was successful, I was thinking, so what's the difference between this and everything else I was doing? Yeah, the difference yeah. is I actually, well, two things. I really enjoyed it and I was really good at it. Yeah. Right. Okay. Those are two qualifiers. It sounds obvious, yeah. but lots of people go into business, they don't enjoy it and they're not good at it. No. And then they wonder why it doesn't work out, yeah, right? Yeah. But they jump on it because they think, okay, this trend is making money right now. Sure. So I'm going to jump on cryptocurrency, it's making money right now, or mobile apps or property. Or they jump on these trends. Mm. And don't get me wrong, sometimes you can just jump on, a, on something and, it, and it, it, you yeah. rise with the tide. Sometimes that can sure. happen. But, but it's that sustainability, isn't it? It is, it is. And it's not just that. I mean, I did a Facebook Live this morning and I said, the reason why lots of young people are turned off business is because adults make it boring, mm, right? Yeah. You know, you've got to stand up in a, in a boring suit and be boring. Mm. That's lots of young people's view of business. Sure. And it's, that's just not the case. Really successful business people really enjoy what they do and they make sure they have fun with it. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the questions I had down here. You always look as if you're having fun, whatever you're doing, you know, whether it's a Facebook Live or whether yeah. you come along to the clubs, you know, we're involved in the Croydon Club. Whenever we see you there, you always look as if you're having fun. So does anything ever get you down? You said that you failed in your business, mm. all those businesses. Did that get you down or did you just, how did you come over that? Um, no, no, I get down all the time. <laughs> just not for very long. Okay. Yeah, just not for very long. So, you know, it's, it's interesting, actually, because um, the same, uh, you know, emotions. So when people see me, usually all kind of whatever, exuberant and happy yeah. and all the rest Half of it. Half glass full. Half glass. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But it's I'm sensitive to, to dynamics, to things that are happening. Mm -hmm. So the same things that make me sensitive and happy are the same things that will make me sensitive and down sometimes, right? Okay. So for example, if something's not going right in the business, because I'm quite sensitive to it, it can pull me down, mm. right? Mm. But, but this is the thing, it pulls me down, but it's not about not being pulled down, it's about what you do with the energy whilst you're down there. And so when I am down about something, could be for half an hour, mm. right? I'll actually use that time to really focus on, okay, what can I do now? What can I do better? I reflect, mm. so I don't, let the energy control me, I use that energy mm. to kind of do better the next time, sure, right? Sure. Um, it's a little bit like if you become physically ill, mm. it's your body's way of saying you need to rest, mm. right? Yeah. And you need to recuperate and we need to fix some things, mm. you know? So, it, it, so you know, I'm, I'm almost positive to a fault because people would say, did he just say that being ill is a positive thing? Yeah. Well, you could look at it like that. You could, if you ask a doctor, well, you know, you take good rest, your body's repairing itself. I mean, that's actually a good thing, right? Um, you don't feel good you, emotionally, the, the top layer of your emotions don't feel good about it, but actually the totality of that experience is positive, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And that's just how I'm wired. Mm. I'm wired to go with my emotions, mm. be it up or down, but be positive about it at the same time. Okay. So when you're looking for people to run ultra clubs, because mm -hmm. obviously you run them in different parts of... Yeah. Where are you based? You've got quite a few in London, haven't you? Yeah, so we're in Croydon, Peckham, uh, Stratford, Redbridge, Woodgreen, Halston. 
Okay, and you've branched out to Bir- Into Birmingham, Birmingham yeah. as yes, well. Yes, we have. And looking elsewhere too? Yeah, so we're speaking to loads of people both in the UK and at currently at least four or five people outside of the UK. Amazing. Yeah. I didn't realise we were going global yet. I know, I know. We're trying to keep it hush-hush, but, you know, <laughs> let, let the cat out of the bag a little bit. So. <laughs> okay, so when you're looking for people to run your clubs, mm. what, sort, what type of person are you looking for? Similar to how you are or...? No, no, no. So... Actually, the first thing we look for is, sounds obvious, mm. but do you actually like kids? Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and that, those, that, that's your clientele. That's it? the clientele. And, you know, are you passionate about the mission of Ultra, right? Mm-hmm. And the mission of Ultra is to ensure that every child, regardless of social standing or background, has access to entrepreneurial education, mm-hmm. to quality entrepreneurial education. Mm-hmm. And if you are aligned with that mission, that's the baseline because everything else can be taught, mm. uh, if you will. And you've got to actually like kids and like young people, mm. right? And have an affinity to them. I mean, believe it or not, not everyone likes kids, no, no, no. <laughs> right? Not everyone likes kids. So if you're passionate about the mission, you're passionate about young people, then we can build on that. Okay. Those are the things that we need to do first. Mm-hmm. You know, initially it was let's go and just get teachers, yeah. but not all teachers like kids. No, they don't. A lot of them don't. They're doing it for a job. They don't actually like children, right? Yeah. Um, and those become the, the kind of horrible teachers that us grown-ups remember yeah. being told, you never, you'll never be this, you'll never be that, and all the rest of it. And then actually, you know, the, the business side of things can be taught. Okay. You know, they do have to have some kind of aspiration to obviously want to run a business and um, be kind of business minded Mm. but that again can be nurtured and grown because otherwise if they're too commercial then they're not soft enough to be able to respond to what the young people need so it's a bit of a balance and we're still trying to work that out to a fine point. Okay so obviously our son's involved in the Croydon club and you know he loves going come hell or high water there's nothing that will stop him going to ultra what Ultra has done for him has actually ignited a fire in him that we didn't know was there. So when you're looking at a child as an individual and you're saying that they can be taught entrepreneurship, are there kids that come through your clubs that you think, There's, no, 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 they're not, they're not going to be able, I can't teach them. Do you look at kids and think, yes, they're, they're going to do something or they're not going to do something? or No, no, happen? never. No, so we, we, we don't approach kids with any preconceptions at all okay we are completely open and the reason for that is because education is about drawing out Mm. what's already in so it's not about us washing kids with information that's not our approach okay so education is about what education today is about look here's a bunch of information here we're going to give you this information and you're going to absorb it Mm. for whatever reason so you can pass exams For us, it's the opposite. For us, it's about what do you love doing? What excites you? What are you passionate about? What are you you interested in? Mm. Um, What have your experiences been? And we then guide them. We then use that information. So we draw that out of the young person Mm. and we guide them towards other options. So whether those options are a hobby, a business, something that they can do for the future, a project, we guide them towards what's possible Mm. because... In our experience, we've realised that in society, oftentimes what makes someone take advantage or be able to do things that someone else doesn't do isn't because of talent or skill. It's Mm. because of opportunity Mm. and access and knowing that something is available, Mm. knowing that something is possible, Mm -hmm. right? 
you don't know it's possible, then you're not going to go for it. Yeah. Right? So all we want to do is say, okay, you love doing these sets of things. Here's what's possible. Here's a list of things that's possible, mm. which are aligned to the things that you love doing. What would you like to do? Yeah. Right? And then you'll, you know, try them out. Some will work, some won't work. And it's a process that will happen over time. Mm. And that's our approach. So for me, when you say, do we look at kids and think we can never teach them entrepreneurship? It's almost like you asking someone who teaches a language mm. saying, okay, you teach Spanish. Would you say that I can't teach any kids Spanish? Of course you can. Yeah. You know, if you, someone who teaches chess, mm. as far as they're concerned, everyone can play chess, mm. right? So it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, it's just something that everyone's capable of. Mm -hmm. And if it's approached correctly, everyone can learn. Fantastic. So how do you think you can grow your ultra brands? How long have you been going? Uh, September will be three years. Only three years? Yeah. So I think we've been involved with Croydon now two years. Mm, yeah. Wow. Because it seems as if it, it's been around for a very long time. That's what everyone thinks. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. How are you planning then to grow your ultra brand? I mean, you've obviously said that you're looking for more franchisees and you're going mm. global. That's a plan or a goal. Anything else that you've Good question. So actually, it's an ecosystem. There was an analogy that someone gave and they said, uh, if you want to catch a butterfly, you can either get one of those butterfly nets and try and catch them or you can plant a garden, mm -hmm. grow flowers and the butterflies will come. Mm -hmm. So we want to teach kids entrepreneurship. So we could go and try and catch kids all over the place. So we could create a garden of mm -hmm. things that we know kids like so they can come and experience things themselves. Yeah. So the answer to your question is in multiple ways. Face-to-face mm -hmm. uh, -face delivery. So the stuff that we do in schools and the stuff that we do in clubs, we'll always do that. Yeah. Um, there is arguably no uh, better way to engage a young person by being in, except for being in front of them, yeah. right? But what we also want to do is to empower both parents, teachers, and kids with tools, learning resources, and media and material. Mm -hmm. And we'll be doing that through uh, a tech platform. Okay. So the big scale, the kind of inflection point for our ability to reach lots and lots of kids around the world will be through the development of a tech platform where we can, not just us, but others can contribute content mm. on all aspects of entrepreneurship, new life skills, employability. Mm. And that will be the host of that platform and we'll use that to kind of create a network effect that will spiral our mission and what we intend to do. Mm. So it'll be through technology, it'll be through media, mm. and it'll be through growing the brand itself. Okay. So I think one of the things that I find really exciting about Ultra is that when you said about opportunities, you give the opportunities to the kids that come through the classes, but then you give them so many more opportunities. So for instance, you had an awards dinner yeah. last year mm -hmm. and some of the kids were allowed were asked to be presenters. So you put them in front of people who do presenting and got them to be trained by them and you know, these are opportunities that they wouldn't come across normally in school or I don't think anywhere else. And I think that's one of the things that's so exciting about Ultra is that you attract people to you. And rather than you hold it in, you bounce it back out to everybody so that everyone can share. And I think that's to be commended. Thank you. Yeah. No, yeah. And I guess the reason I do that is because I've had that. Mm. So where did that come from in your life? Yeah, so almost everything in Ultra, almost absolutely everything, is a reflection of my positive life experiences. The majority of it hasn't been something that has been calculated. It's been 
through something that I've experienced or benefited from mm-hmm. and I'm now amplifying that in in a way that you know I want to multiply the experience that I've had okay. effectively and I've been very fortunate to have had opportunities presented to me since I was a child I guess mm. the doors opened opportunities you know kind people who've put me in positions to do things that maybe my peers wouldn't have for whatever reason yeah yeah but I mean, I remember, for exa- I mean, just as an example, I remember being at the school gates of my primary school and one of my teachers saying to my mum, Julie could pass an entrance exam for a private school. Mm. And, you know, my mother went away, did her research. And before I knew it, I was taking entrance exams and I got in. Wow. But that is because there was a teacher who saw something about me and said, you know what, let's push him to do something. Yeah. Right. And all throughout, I mean, you know, probably all throughout my life, someone has identified something in me and has given me an opportunity mm-hmm. and then I've grabbed it and gone for it. Yeah. And adding up all of those experiences is what makes me who I am. Mm-hmm. But I realised it wasn't, the system didn't do that. It wasn't, that wasn't an engineered, it wasn't something that the system, as it were, whether it the educational system or society, mm-hmm. that a lot of those things were opportunities that mm. were presented to me mm. that I've that I did my best to take advantage of mm. and then the beauty is that they then create new opportunities yeah right yeah. so for me I know that if I open those opportunities up to children at a younger age it does a couple of things it demystifies it it mm. takes the fear out of it mm-hmm. and you know, they kind of build up a bank of experiences that I know mm. are valuable. Yeah. They don't know at the time how valuable it is, yeah. but by the time they are ready, and I think for me, I was quite fortunate to have had a good education and a number of experiences, mm. both mainly through my entrepreneurial endeavours. Mm. So a good, a good education, which was really about access to things and a view of life. Yeah and some academia, that together with some entrepreneurship and stuff like that, marrying those two things, when I then went off into the world of work, mm. I was able to navigate in a way that others couldn't. Yeah. So effectively, I'm trying to recreate, I'm trying to engineer that as my point. Uh-huh. So that wasn't engineered for me, no. but I'm taking the pieces of that puzzle and, in, and putting it into a system yeah. that millions of kids and young people can benefit from. Mm. So I know that if I'm going to be at Bloomberg or PwC or Microsoft or whatever, and I bring some kids with me mm-hmm. and they just sit down with me on a stage and they're looking at 200 people, yeah. by the time they are adults and they've got to present to a room of 10 people, yeah. it's no sweat. Yeah. You know, they do that with their eyes closed, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's just and basic. That, happened. that happens. We did that with you a few months ago now, mm. didn't we? Where those 17, 18 year olds or 16, yeah. whatever they were, came in and they were looking at these kids. That's thinking, right. Who are you? Who are you? What have you got <laughs> to say? And then, you know, the ki- all the kids were presenting their stuff and you could hear their jaws dropping and hitting mm. the floor. And almost like, have we missed the boat? Right. No, 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 the boat's still there. Yeah. Still get on the boat. Yeah. Just don't, don't think that all you have to do is go and get a job. If that's what you want to mm. do, then great. Mm. But there are other opportunities. Is Absolutely. That again, yeah. yeah, yeah. The reason why that's so important for me is because things are changing more quickly than people realise. And the World Economic Forum have coined this term, the fourth industrial revolution. Mm -hmm. 
And we've been through a number of revolution of industrial revolutions, but they usually span over the course of decades. Mm. This one won't. Mm. This one will happen over the course of years. And it's because as we advance as a civilization, as you know, kind of the human race, as we advance, Mm. things speed up exponentially. So if something took one X before, now it will it will it will happen in, you know, point five X. Yeah. And because of the introduction of technology and how it's being used and leveraged, mm. it means that things will change more quickly. Mm. So we are seeing changes happening within a span of just a few years mm. where we are going from one paradigm into a completely different way of living and doing things. Mm. And they say that 40%, or was it 60% of primary school kids are going to go into jobs that aren't even thought about yet. Yeah, crazy. And that is absolutely crazy. Mm. Um, that we'd have never experienced that no. before. And I think for me, it's not about trying to predict what those jobs are. Mm. It's about giving them the tools to be able to respond to that change. That's yes. the most important bit. Yes, yes. And How can you respond to that? Yeah, and having their eyes open, which is what Ultra do amazingly well, making sure their eyes and ears are open to all those opportunities. Because I think I think it was you actually who said something along the lines of they're going to have, in their lifetime, they'll have seven career changes That's at right. least. Yeah. Seven career changes, which when I was growing up, you know, you had one job and you stuck in that job for a good yeah. 10 years or so and then you thought about getting another job mm, and yeah. it's not the thing to do these days. No, all. it's not. It's yeah. not. And I think that also all of these jobs and industry types that we don't know are coming. It's these kids that are going to create them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so for me, it's about, you know, we need to be more entrepreneurial. It's not, it's, for me, it's not about just creating entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs' sake. Mm-hmm. We need to be more entrepreneurial as a society mm-hmm. in the way we approach things like whether it's homelessness, hunger, social equality. Everything needs to be looked at in a more entrepreneurial way, mm-hmm. in a more innovative way, mm-hmm. because we need to solve problems more quickly. We need to solve them using different thinking. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's what it's about. It's about creating a next, the next generation who can look at the current problems and say, why don't we do it in this way? Why don't we do it in, in, a, in a way that hasn't been done before yeah, yeah. so that we can create impact more quickly mm-hmm. and help people out? I mean, you know, for me, it's, I just cannot believe that we still are in the midst of so many serious social problems. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, we've got so much resource, so much information. We've got things that we've never had before, but we've still got all these problems and they seem to be getting worse. Yeah, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. And for me, it's really because our thinking has stayed in the same way and we just need new thinking to solve some of these old problems. Mm. Okay, that's really interesting. So coming back to you, do you have a routine that you do on a regular basis? What's your routine? People are so interested in me. I've got no interest (laughs) in me at all. Not about me. Uh, do I have a routine? Yeah, 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 I do. Yeah. Uh, so my routine is effectively based around making sure that I am healthy, both mentally and physically, yeah. because that enables me to do more of what I love mm-hmm. on a more consistent basis and to give more of myself mm-hmm. as well. Healthy mind, healthy attitude. Yeah, yeah. So I, I connect, um, you know, it's that kind of, you know, holistic approach to well-being. Mm-hmm. That's really, really important to me. And actually, it's the thing that, um, you know, because I put myself through my paces mm. in a number of different ways, I'm conscious that I need to be as fit for purpose mm. <laughs> for my mission, as yeah. it were. You know, I, I feel like I'm on a mission, mm-hmm. 
and that actually whatever skills and things that I've been given I, I think they they have been given to me I don't yeah. I, I don't think oh you know I'm so great or whatever I think they've been given to me for a reason yeah so I need to honour that mm-hmm. and the best way for me to do that is to make sure that my vehicle is fit and healthy so mm-hmm. I can I can actually see the mission through to the end okay and what brings you joy impact in my kids mm-hmm. so for example you know we um we just come from a short break away and my youngest son he just loves reading mm. he loves he reads everywhere mm. right we could be on the plane on the train he could be on my shoulders mm. he could be could be on the beach and he loves reading wow. and that brings me joy mm. i look at him he's you know 7 years old and he just loves to read mm. and you know that brings me joy okay it's little things you know seeing how the things that i contribute to the world mm-hmm. seeing how those have a have a positive impact mm-hmm. on anyone that I'm around mm-hmm. that really makes me happy and if there was one thing you could change about the age group that you work with the ultra work with what would that be i don't understand what you mean because you're working with 7 to 18 year olds mm. and how they can how they oh change. i'd go younger you go younger yeah 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 wow. yeah yeah so i'd actually i mean i've had there've been more than one educator who has said to me uh, you should start at early years. You wow. should start at three or four years old. I've actually got a product in my head. Mm. Is that serial entrepreneur again? I know, right? I know. <laughs> um, I've got a product that Ultra Education will be releasing probably this year mm. that will be focused on nursery school. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, well, I suppose if you can, want a better way of saying it, if you catch them young... Like you said, like your daughter, the Mm. impact it had on your daughter when she was small and working with you, then there's no reason why you can't. If you spoke to somebody who, who, you know, taught languages, Mm. they'd say you could teach it from the the womb, right? There's probably a way that, you know, there you go, right? I know, I've got a friend who's done it. She taught her children, she's half Finnish. She was speaking Finnish all the time. She was mm. pregnant with three, three, and they understood it straight away. It just takes a, a lot longer for the English side to, as your right. brain's developing. Right, right, right. But then once you know, my I've, my husband's got a cousin who learnt by the time she was five, she knew three African dialects because she grew wow. up there. Then she never heard it again for about 20 odd years. Heard it again in a college and just picked up the conversation straight away. Wow, so, that's incredible. Yeah, it's exactly So there. I guess, I mean, you know, I wouldn't say this out loud, but <laughs> <laughs> people think, oh, this guy. But actually it has dawned on me that there was probably a way to, not using the word entrepreneurship, but there probably is a way to teach some of these skills yeah. from the womb. Yeah. There probably is a way, whether it's, you know, having a positive mental attitude or whether it's, being more resilient, all of these things, mm. which when you put them together, become entrepreneurship, yeah, yeah. there was probably a way to do it. Yeah, it's if you can open up open up the pathways of brain of your brain, because our brains are such powerful things that we, you know, haven't tapped into hardly yeah. any of it, mm. then there's no reason why we can None. And then it just leads on to having opportunities and being open mm. to opportunities, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. So what do you think is key to having a successful, I think you touched on this before, but I'm going to ask it again, a successful, sustainable business. Just expanding on what what I said earlier, you've really got to focus on the customer. Mm. So you've got to understand them. 
their wants, their needs, and wrap your product or service around that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, lots of businesses have come and gone because they've created a product or some service and they've not done that. Mm-hmm. They've just said, look, this is what it is and that's it. Um, the ones that maintain or grow their presence are the ones that really do a deep dive on understanding, you know, what their customers' wants and needs are mm-hmm. and they tweak their products and service accordingly. Yeah. And that enables the customer to have a greater experience mm-hmm. and then they, you know, they, they stay with that brand. Mm-hmm. You know, the first thing you need to do is to really understand, you know, there's too many businesses that create something that no one wants. Mm-hmm. Lots of entrepreneurs see a problem that only they have or yeah. that a really tiny audience has. Yeah. And they think just because they have it, they have that problem. Millions of people have that problem and it's just it's not the case. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, yeah, millions of people have the problem, but maybe you can't turn it into a product or service. Yeah. Maybe there is no money in it or whatever it might be. Yeah. So I think understanding your customer is key. Mm-hmm. And I think being able to adapt mm-hmm. um, with whatever change. So it could be, you know, oh, now, I don't know, in the late 90s, it was, okay, we need to have a website. Mm-hmm. And then it was, now we need to have social media. Yeah. And now it's, you know, we need to be able to respond using text messages or we need to do more YouTube videos, whatever it might be, you need to be able to respond Mm -hmm. to the ways in which people digest information. Mm -hmm. And that's changing rapidly, Mm -hmm. you know. So now everything's got to be mobile first Mm -hmm. and then then it's apps and all this kind of jazz, right? Mm -hmm. So I think you've got to be adaptable. You've got to be able to respond and respond quickly Mm -hmm. to change. And lastly, I think for the person that set up that business, you've got to decide whether you are the entrepreneur or the business person. There may be more than one in that organization. Mm-hmm. And there are lots of people who, lots of entrepreneurs who set up, set something up and then they bring people in to help them run it and they go off and do other things. Mm-hmm. And there were some people who set it up and they keep running it themselves. Mm-hmm. Just work out which one you are yeah. so that you can anticipate because if the entrepreneur keeps running the thing, chances are there'll be lots of lots and lots of problems because they'll get bored. Yeah. Effectively, you need to remain excited about what you're doing. Yeah. Some people are excited by growing one thing and just nurturing that one thing forever Um, and some people aren't some people need to be excited by different things so you need to decide what type you are Mm -hmm. so that you can work out in advance how to navigate that okay so the podcast is called raising successful kids Um, so what does raising successful kids mean to you it means making sure that they are in a really really loving environment okay because once they feel safe and they feel loved, mm-hmm. all of the things that we want them to be confident and being able to communicate and being introspective and trying out new things and all of this kind of stuff, you're not going to do it if that baseline isn't met. Yeah. If that baseline of feeling safe, feeling comfortable, being loved, mm-hmm. if that's not met, then you're not going to be able to express all of those other things. Yeah. Right. And so for me, that's got to be the baseline. They've got to be, it's almost like saying, you know, you've planted a seed to grow a flower, but you've not given it sunlight. You've not given it water. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and then it's not growing. You need to be able to, you need to tend to that garden. You need to yeah. tend to that plant or that flower. Yeah. And actually you're only going to do that if you love, it's not something you can do mechanically, mm. you know? So, you know, I remember reading somewhere, something somewhere and they said that oftentimes parents are, managing 
the growth of their kids instead of raising them. Mm. It's almost like, you know, you're just mechanically just going through the motions, but you're not truly raising them. Yeah. And maybe, you know, in reality, people go in and out of that because sure. of just life and stuff. Yeah. But actually, if you are in a situation where you genuinely love your children, right? Yeah. Then that's, I think, all they need. Yeah. And I actually think that comes through with the clubs that we've been involved in, not just Croydon, where we've been been able to see other clubs in action mm. the trainers that you have the coaches that you employ or whatever you do they do love the kids that come through mm-hmm. they're almost an extension and I know certainly the club that Caden goes to they love those kids in there um, and it is like an extended family but it's not it's the parents as well there's that nurture the, it's the ecosystem yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's the reason why I said earlier on you asked what do we look for yeah. in a franchisee and it's yeah. Do you like kids? Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you like kids, then you're going to want the best for them. Yeah. That's what it is. If you like, if you know, if you are passionate about kids, what that means is you want the best for them. Mm. And you'll be able to very quickly, you know, kids know if adults mm. are genuine or not. Yeah. They know. It, they're very intuitive. Yeah. Right. They know if you care. Yeah. Right. Whether you're a stranger or you're a teacher they say every day, they know if you care. Yeah. Right. And if they feel like you care, then they'll open up more to you. They'll give you more. You know, they'll go out on a limb for you more. Mm. You know, they'll be happily guided by you. Mm. And that's kind of what you want. Mm. So for us, that translates across lots of our clubs. Mm. You know, our, our teachers are really passionate about their students, yeah. you know, and they want to do the best for them mm. for lots of different reasons. Mm. But that for us is is the first place, you know, to go. And the reason the kids are really in, engaged in that process is because they typically don't get that in school. Yeah. So you're lucky if you get a teacher that's like that. You're yeah. lucky, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I don't actually beat up teachers for not being like ultra teachers no. because I think that teachers are put under way too much stress. They've got way too much to do. Mm. And they're human. Mm. And I just think that that whole system is so broken. Yeah. I'm not surprised loads of teachers are just miserable. I'm not, yeah. I'm not, I'm not surprised at all, you know, and I really do sympathise with them. So the ones that maintain some level of sanity and are able to give love and care to kids, I mean, they, they are to be applauded. Yeah. And the ones that aren't, they are to be understood. Yeah. They're, they're not to be, you know... Because um, I know going into education and really getting to understand education, when you said what makes a good business, we went into education understanding schools, understanding teachers. Mm-hmm. And so therefore we know why teachers, you know, are shouting and screaming at kids. It's, yeah. We know why you've got, you know, a room full of 30 kids, one teacher, maybe teaching assistant. It's a, hard, it's a tough gig. Yeah, it is. Tough gig, yeah, right? It. No, it's honestly, it's really tough. I wouldn't do it either, mm-hmm. right? And I've actually, you know, for the first year and a half of Ultra, I taught at a school mm. um, with a cohort of really, really challenging kids mm. with another teacher. And so I saw it firsthand, you yeah. know, because I wanted to understand our industry. Mm. And then even with parents, you know, I know, well, one, being a parent myself mm. and two, seeing the challenges that other parents have with their kids. Mm. It's about, OK, you know, understanding you know, you've got a, a young person who's either on our program or they want to be an entrepreneur and they're doing this, they're doing that. You know, it's about trying to understand what a parent's going through, right? So that we can provide some support to them Mm -hmm. because for us, the ecosystem that sits around the child is really important. We're not going to, you know, usually school ignores the parents, right? 
parents don't really get much interaction with the school unless something's gone wrong. Sure. But the child is in between both, mm. right? And there is no positive dynamic that mm. exists within within those three. Mm. We seek to change that. We want to include, you know, so we're the teachers with the child and the parent. And, mm. you know, we want to make sure that that positive dynamic sits around the child so that they get the best experience. Yeah, and that absolutely happens. And that's one of the things that we, we love about Ultra as well. So how can people find you? on social media, etc. Where where do you see? Where do we live? Yeah. yeah. So uh, as an individual I am at the entrepreneur everywhere on the web and ultra education, if you put us into any social media you'll find us. Okay. Okay. So thank you very much for Thank you for having me again. Taking the time. <laughs> um, Julian has agreed, I've pestered him a little bit, but he's <laughs> agreed to collaborate with Raising Successful Kids podcast. And Ultra are going to take one of every five episodes um, and it's just going to be an Ultra episode. So it'll either be Julian speaking or it will be one of the other teachers speaking, one of the trainers or coaches. And they'll be going through the Ultra thing, what they do, (laughs) how they do it. And just giving a little bit of insight into what Ultra Education is about, their mission and Lots of other exciting things as well. I'm really looking forward to it. And I feel very privileged that they've um, decided to collaborate with me. So look forward to that. That's going to come up very soon. Thank you again, Julian. Thank you so much. um, Yeah. Anybody who uh, would like to pop a question on the Raising Successful Kids Facebook page or the Instagram page, please do. And I'll do my best to cover that in a future podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Remember to subscribe and share and we'll... See you again and remember to keep thinking and allowing your children to be successful.